Hey everybody, my name is Alex and this is Lunchbox Radio. Before we get started, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everybody who listened to the Cyberpunk Edge Runners episode. A lot of people are probably still listening to that episode. If you found this sec if this is your second episode or your third because you listened to the Sunday edition in between both. A welcome. B did all that long, I promise. And see, I try to make stuff that I think you'll like every time, so stay tuned. Keep listening. I promise I've got more in store. And um, on that note, I want to encourage everybody to do two things, actually. To do a couple things, actually. Not just two things, but a couple things. First, with every Sunday edition, or I try to remember to do this with every Sunday edition don't always remember but I try my best that to include a question of some kind related to the topic at hand for that current Sunday edition you can answer those questions or like do the multiple choice that I put up sometimes I put up multiple choice sometimes I put up an open-ended question or sometimes I do both by going to um by going to Spotify and the question will be there on the podcast page. Um, you don't need to listen to me on Spotify. I'm not trying to say listen on Spotify, but that's a thing that I am allowed to do on Spotify because the world is slowly turning into the world depicted by cyberpunk edge runners and it sucks a little inside, but it lets us do cool stuff. So I try and make, I try and take advantage of that. So, um, if you are interested in answering the weekly question, I change it. I change it once every two weeks at this point. That means once at every time a new Sunday comes out, new Sunday edition comes out, there's a new question. Um, and then definitely go follow the podcast on Instagram at Lunchbox Radio, all one word, all lowercase underscore podcast. Um, once again, that's Lunchbox Radio underscore podcast on. Instagram and you can follow the podcast you can see all the um kind of like animation animations I get into or like just kind of like one-off thoughts that might turn into an episode might not it's also a great barometer of when the episode comes it out because I post pr- promo stuff there usually um sometimes on Twitter but many times on but almost always on Instagram so definitely go check that out and on that note, let's get to what we're talking about today. And that's another that's another digitally minded show. Because we're talking about Digimon. Digimon into Ultimate Digimon 
Now, originally Digimon, actually, you know, let's let's rewind here. I want to tell you a little anecdote from um, me and my friend Lauren's event, massive text conversation, or this, this massive stream of text conversations that really has no end or beginning. You know how it goes. But at some point, she sends me this trailer at like. 12 in the morning, at like the ass crack in the morning because sometimes Lauren can't sleep. I see you, Lauren. Hi. I can't wait for you to get your new apartment. We all have no furniture. But, hi, Lauren. Um, she sent me this trailer for this video game called Pow World. And this is the third trailer. And I this trailer inspires so many questions. But what it really inspires is it inspires someone saying kind kind of something along this line. Pokemon isn't fucked up enough. Gives that whale a nuke. And that's the thing I like threw out into the world. Said to Laura, I'm like, what is happening in this? Why do all these animals have guns? And if you're coming over from the main like collectible, like, collectible mascot character style monster video game tie-in anime, you will probably feel something similar towards Digimon. Even though Digimon is about the same rough age as Pokemon, it, it, it feels way different. It feels... It feels more like it's willing to deal with the weird conversations that have got to happen around just the concept of monsters what fight each other. And it also, it totally, like, dodges the collectability aspect in it because you don't get, like, multiple Digimon. You kind of get, like, a partner Digimon, unless you're playing the card game, and then it's, like, collect all the cards and blah, 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 blah. But you have, like, one partner Digimon. It In the shows, in the anime version of this multimedia property, you have one partner. And that partner will go through different evolutions, they will digivolve, if you will, but they, that, that will always be your Digimon, and that you will always be their Digidestins, or whatever. And the reason why I'm talking about this show is because something that Digimon managed to do that Pokemon couldn't do, was Digimon managed to grow up. And at first, at first, at first listen, that probably sounds odd. And you're like, what do I mean? What I mean is, not necessarily the fact that Ash Ketchum is still the protagonist of every Pokemon series and he's still 10 years old. What I mean is, in the kind of like eldritch horror story that is Ash Ketchum's supposed life, um, what I mean is, Digimon moved, Digimon did something that was, that is difficult for 
not just Pokemon or shows of its ilk, but really any show to do. And that is, it moved away from its main cast eventually. And it told different stories. And it took a almost JoJo-esque approach to moving away from its main cast. Because if you watch Digimon Adventure, Adventure you encounter a very different cast than this kind of like second series in the Digimon world in which you still follow um, Kairi and TK, the two youngest characters from the Digimon universe, from the Digimon universe up to that point. But you follow a bunch of other characters who are connected to them. Who, who they're connected in their age group. And so what this show essentially does a really good job of is it essentially is like... This is going to sound so strange. It starts you off with a cast of entirely millennial... Of entirely, like, millennial characters. And then by the next series in the, in the franchise, you are on to a cast of... Gen Z kids, really, is what it feels like. And it's a, it, that's a cool thing to do. And then eventually it gets to, like... Digimon Tamers is that same... is like, another generation that's completely removed from either of the two you've seen before. But what they do there is... You have a, you have a Digimon in that in that group. You have a couple Digimon in that group that you've seen before. So what they're doing is they're expanding they're expanding the pool by taking different ancillary characters or different people from the main cast and plugging them into the new generation of whatever's happening. And sometimes it's like you all of a sudden you see Palamon that you've that you've maybe was a side character for an arc all the way in the original Digimon Adventure and like had some, like was a character with like some speaking parts but no real relevance and is now a Palamon one of the the kind of like one of the many Palamon that exist in the digital world is now a um, now a partner to a Digidestins in Digimon Tamer. And the reason why I'm dragging you through this all, I promise, is a reason, is because Digimon kind of, like, vanished in the early aughts. It started in 1999 and it vanished in the early aughts. Because it kind of ran its course. And this happens with... This happens with most... Of the same, of like the young, you know, collectively minded, toy selling anime of the world. It, they run their course. And this is even true of a, of a franchise as big as Gundam. That's why there's so many different Gundams. Uh, a Gundam franchise runs its course, and then they move on to the next thing to sell more toys. The funniest version of that is actually G Gundam. Because the reason G-Gundam exists was to sell motherfucking plastic model kits. And 
Nobody wanted to make that show, so the reason it got so weird and racist in its Gundam designs was the mechanical designers on that show were doing that, knowing full well, thinking full well that like they wouldn't, they wouldn't make a toy for Tequila Gundam, and they kept making the toys for Tequila Gundam. They made the fucking windmill Gundam. All of that stuff got made. And they, like, didn't know what to do. <laughs> so they just drove that show to be batshit insane, trying desperately to kill itself. And it just didn't. Which makes it even funnier. But the... The thing that happened with Digimon was really interesting is because Digimon kind of held it didn't hold the same kind of reverence as Pokemon, didn't hold the same kind of staying power as Pokemon, but over time, it became like the cool kids Pokemon. It became the more, the, the Pokemon that was more cerebrally interesting, the Pokemon that was more forward-thinking, the, the thing that wasn't, the thing that dealt with the world as it is, plus a big cavalcade of like, original mascot characters who use superpowers to fight. It was the thing that was about friendship, but about friendship as it is pertained to human and human and human and Digimon. And what the original Digimon show turned into was it turned into this story about these about the Digidestins mostly and like their relationships to and with each other. And by the end of Digimon Adventure, you have this, like, you have this understanding of all the characters' relationships to, to each other and with each other that you weren't going to get out of some, out of many other kids' shows. You weren't going to get out of, say, a Metabot. You weren't going to get out of, like, a, um, Pokemon, certainly. You may get allusions to it, like there were, like, cute little moments where you can tell Riki, um, Rika is, like, into Icky Tenryo, but she doesn't know what to do with that, and the show, to its credit, doesn't need to be, but isn't interested in, like, really dealing with that in any other way than making it a slight funny joke if you're paying attention. Whereas in... In Digimon, they have like a they have a really tumultuous male friendship between Ty and Matt, where they are really truly friends, and it takes them a while to get there. And it feels written like two young boys learning to stop being dicks to each other and just be good friends. And like you realize, it will always be a weird struggle <laughs> for these two fucking dumbasses to just be like, yeah, bro, I love you. <laughs> like, you'll get them to say it, and then they'll be like, what? I don't know what you're talking about. Yo, Ty, did you hear anything? No, man, I didn't hear anything either. Fine, we can just go on our day and, like, that never happened, right? Yep, that never happened. Hate you too, buddy. And, and there are, like, there are romantic angles to these to the characters' relationships, and there are they're all friends and they all care about each other, and 
they all have like really personal intimate knowledge of each other and that's by the end of Digimon Adventure and then you get um the like I think it's the second Digimon you get the second generation of Digimon Adventure and then you get Digimon Tamers and you get a couple of other Digimon stuff throughout the years and then in kind of that wave of in kind of one of those waves of nostalgia of causing everything to get picked up and re and readapted or remade or restarted Digimon comes back and this was in 2015 is when you see the first Digimon Digimon Adventure try is the like it's an overarching thing only what Digimon Adventure Try did was not even attempt to readapt everything that was there. It knows that the audience that it wants to watch it has seen all of that, knows all of that stuff, like is very well acquainted with their time in the digital world and all of this stuff. So what it does is it ages the character up from elementary and from like elementary and mi from like grade from like grade and elementary school almost to high school to like the the like end parts of high school it ages them all the way into being at first like 16 17 year olds and then eventually the characters are in college and it takes all of that relationship building and world building and character building that they did and it pays it off massively like all but immediately and it hits you in the gut with yeah these guys yeah these guys are all friends and their friendship is really important to each other but it's falling apart because they're very clearly drifting apart they're like just drifting uh, most most notably Joe the most like nervous and nerdy and like dysfunctional child of the group is really obsessed with um getting into college and like be and, and like be, being a quote unquote adult and he's like keep being like I don't have time for like to go to like my friend Matt's concert be and he most of all in this in this cast takes the longest and this is true of him in um, the original Digimon adventure he takes the longest to recognize the importance of the just the work of doing things with your friends of keeping up with your friends of reaching out to them because those connections fade and they and they become strained when they fade and while it means and this this show Digimon starts from a place where it says hey friendship is important and working at friendship is important and like you may not always like your friends but it matters that you always love your friends and then where the show gets to by time it's restarted in Digimon Adventure Try is now you gotta keep up the friendships. Now everybody has a responsibility 
to be there for each other all the time. But not only that, you have you as the person at both sides of friendship have the responsibility to say, like, look, I would really love it if you were there for a soccer game. Like, look, I would really love it if you showed up for my concert. Like, hey, I know you have co- I know you have responsibilities, but can you make it? And more than that, you have the responsibility to be honest in your feelings of this is important to me. Don't just brush it off like it's not important. Don't and this is something I'm guilty of. This is something tons of people are guilty of. Is they're guilty of letting the things that are important to them not be important to them when push comes to shove. And what I mean by that is you may have something you want somebody to show up for. You may, you may have, but when you get pushback, it's easier to say, oh, no, it's fine. It, it, it'll be okay. It's okay if you can't make it. When in your heart of hearts, it, it's not okay. It hurts a little. And this, this show does something really interesting in the, in the context of Japanese culture. In that it and, and it really it really pushes on it in a way that other show that other shows do that other shows not even of its ilk but like totally unrelated do but don't sometimes aren't aware aren't as self-aware of it in that it it talks about the misconnection with friends it talks about losing touch with people it talks it like that it's that is a lot of it of the conversation of this of the first Digimon move of the first Digimon Venture Try movie when it comes up when it comes up when 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 you go in on the movie you go in on this big complicated messy icky awkward social situation that's happening between between all of them and there's a, there's a version of every there's a version of everybody saying who's of of these kinds of massive friends group where it's like two of the friends have two things to be at everybody else gets together and is like okay who who's going to go to Ty's soccer game and who's going to go to Matt's to Matt's um to see Matt's band. And everybody decides. And everybody is like. Hey. You know. Sora couldn't make it today Matt. But I'm here. Sora's at Ty's soccer game. When Ty's done. Her and Sora will come here. But that stuff isn't happening. Because. Not just because. These kids. Because they're still kids at this point. Don't know how to do that. But because. Japanese culture is a very, very, very passive-aggressive, conflict-avoiding thing. And that's true of all cultures, I want to point out. Like, 
people who dive headfirst into conflict in America are lots of times seen as like people you don't want to work with. They're seen as difficult. They're seen as like annoying. But the thing that they that happens in their lives that doesn't happen in other people's lives, they deal with shit. They deal with the complicated stuff that nobody, including them, really wants to deal with. You don't want to deal with the fact that like you feel like you're being like you feel like your friends are opportunists and using you for entertainment purposes. You don't want to deal with the fact that like when you have a friend who lives in the city and you live out here, they you always go in to see them, but they never reciprocate. You don't want to deal with that. But as soon as you rip the band-aid off, there's a chance for growth. And what Digimon Adventure what Digimon does really well is it shows that Digimon as a property in general is it shows that that opportunity for growth is there and the story does what you the viewer does do oftentimes in in a story's place in that it like all but holds his character down and punches them in the face until they use their words (laughs) And I, I know that I know that seems extreme, but it's really true. That you know, Izzy, in this, in the, in both the original Digimon Adventures and the Tri movies, is this kind of conduit for cooperation, and he's the person who like just kind of kindly says, "Come on, you chuckle fucks, use your words." The world's ending again. We can't fix this unless you use your words at each other and you make up like good boys. And true to the original Digimon cast, Ty and Matt are the problem. Like all the other cast members, including Joe, are not doing great, but they are less of a problem than Ty and Matt. Ty and Matt and like at at some point every character every Digidestin aside from Ty and Matt is like so we all know that Ty and Matt are emotionally stunted idiots who need to be dragged kicking and screaming to being kind to each other even though they deeply care for each other right? and everybody's like yeah and then like begrudgingly Mimi's like, I'll go get the bat. We can knock them out and they'll wake up in a room and they'll be forced to talk. And everybody's like, good, good plan, let's do it. And the fact that the show constantly does that and it it rewards you for that kind of like friend, for, for it rewards the characters for their friendship, but it never makes it really all that easy to be friends. It constantly says, no, this is, like, reality's gonna keep coming for you. You need to, you need to, like, get it together. And, like, if this is important to you, it's important to you. And you act like your relationships are important to you. 
you, you like you know you call each other you remember things about each other you commit to being there for each other and there are so many shows about certainly about relationships there are so many romance shows there are so many shows that are about relationships and friendships and probably the best thing to contrast the con the this quality of Digimon with is with a show called Nana. If you've never heard of Nana, you can go watch Nana on High Dive, but um, you can also get a Blu-ray copy of it. I have the Blu-ray box set of it. Um, it's a deeply melodramatic romance show, but what's melodramatic about it isn't the romance angle. The romance angle is sad because of what it ends up meaning for the two main characters. A character named Nana and a character named also named Nana, but they call her Hachi for the sake of keeping everybody's brain straight. And everybody in world calls her Hachi too. You, you the viewer, don't see her as Hachi. Everybody just calls her Hachi because they're like, no, fucking no. No two Nanas. Nana, Hachi, done. I like the, like, there are characters who later Hachi has relationship with and that character will call her Nana as a, like a sign of affection, as a sign of like being personally close, all this stuff. But what ends up happening is the two main characters in like a, over like this long sad process, the sadness doesn't come from like anything going dramatically bad, although there are dramatic turns in the show. The sadness comes from this, like, drifting of the characters into their own little world, into their own relationships. And, like, they stop seeing each other. Event by, the end of the by the end of the series, Hachi has moved out of this apartment that they, like, that they lived in together, that they lived in together and that they were paying for together, and it's this deeply sad absence of a, of a real closeness that used to be there. And what Digimon is doing is it's saying, don't let this happen. At least Digimon tries saying, don't let this happen. And it, by the end of the first film, it's introduced a character for whom this has happened, for whom she has been disconnected from the world. And time and time again in Digimon the characters who are the bad thing aren't characters who are necessarily bad, they're characters who are alone. They're characters who are who don't have other people to depend on, to lean on, to be with. And the kind of refreshing thing is, is like everything in the like Digidestins becoming the kids who saved the world both digital and the, and reality says like your friendships are what helped or what made it so you could save the world that's why you were called here that's why you continue to be capable of this do not doubt your friendships cherish your friendships be like, be there for each other at all times without question. 
and you will never not be rewarded for that in some way. And the the thing, the reason why I'm talking about this is because first off, this is another big multimedia property like now Cyberpunk has become and like Pokemon is and like Dot .hack and all that stuff, so it was in my brain. But also, I finally made it all the way through the Digimon Tri movie and then, you know, Edge Runners happened to the world and it's still happening to the world and I was like, I watched it and I got to the end of Edge Runners. I'm like, I'm an idiot if I don't talk about this. Like, right now. I'm in the window. But, um, my, my content brain went full master mode. But, so much of the core of anime is something is expressing something that Japan does not necessarily have and increasingly places around like cultures around the world don't necessarily have and that's big loud relationships relationships that feel volatile relationships that feel like they're the most important things in your life i'm talking about like simone and kamina level friendship like ride or die love of your life will never be again never was before kind of love and does that always happen no absolutely not not everybody finds their soulmate and do you always find your soulmate as a romantic partner no that's insane why would you assume that that's psychotic behavior sometimes the people you're meant to know for your entire life are your best friends in the world who could just happen to be a different gender than you i want to be really clear here the more likely the more likely incredible relationship out of cyberpunk edge runners is not the relationship between Lucy and David. It is a relationship between Rebecca and David. Rebecca and David, before both of them die, are so close, are like attacked at the hip in many ways. Like yes, he goes home and he hangs out with with um with with his girlfriend, the love of his life the person who he clearly cares about more than anything else in the world. But, like, Rebecca will walk in. Rebecca is full stop the friend who will have a pressing question and be like, where the fuck is David? I have a question for him. And somebody else will be like, I think it was the bathroom. And she will walk into the men's room and talk to him at a urinal. <laughs> And he will, without fail, like, not be like, yeah, okay, like, have that conversation. And then, like, a couple minutes later, he'll be like, that, that, that was a boundary that maybe should have been held harder, but oh well. 
And that's just like a thing that happens with your friends who, when you have really good, really strong friendships. All of, like, the... I'm not saying fuck your friends. I'm not saying fuck your friends. But all of the, like, barriers of, like, seeing each other naked and all of these rules that we've, like, built up around ourselves don't really matter. They're all little, like, little excuses we tell ourselves so we don't have to admit that maybe we love our girlfriends, we love our significant others, but we don't, like, they're not necessarily as important to us as our best friend from when we were 16 were, is, or when we were 5 is, or the person we've known since we've been in college is. And why would they be? We haven't known them that long. Or even if we have, we had a different kind of relationship. We have different kinds of relationships with other people, and it's fine that those exist. And one of, and the the constant romance angle of this show between a couple of the char of Digimon between a couple of the characters, specifically between. Ty and Sora, between Joe and Mimi, and between TK and, um, and Kari, and, and Kari, is that, yes, they care, they care about everybody, but they care about, like, each other in, like, a coupled out way, in really meaningful ways, like... <laughs> There's a great there's a great scene very early on in the Digimon Adventure Time movie where like Matt has asked Sora like hey can you make it to my concert tonight and Sora's hesitant he's like unless Ty has something and then you're good you can go to that thing and then later you have this genuine moment of like. God, of, of Sora being like, God damn it, why do they both have to be on the same day? Because she understands the, like, mental fortitude it takes not just the guy she likes, but both, like, the guy she's friends with and the guy she romantically loves. She understands that both of them are fucking idiots and fucking emotionally stunted dickheads. And it takes a lot for them to be like, hey, so I've got a soccer game. Like, if you, if you want to come, that'd be great. <laughs> like, that, that is really a lot more begging than it would sound to someone who doesn't understand, like, who Ty is as a person. And for that to happen from both directions, she's like, like in the back of her head, she's like, I'm gonna go to Ty's soccer game, and then as soon as he's done, I'm popping on a train and I'm gonna catch the last song at Matt's concert, because I'm a good fucking friend. I'm a good friend. I swear I'm a good friend. And none of that kind of ends up happening, but it's this practical understanding of the value of friendship and the value of romantic, of of a romantic relationship and the potential of both of those 
and the balancing of all that in a way that you don't often see, in a way that, like, in a way that you don't, don't often see and that many people in reality do not often ascribe to their own lives. I can't tell you the amount of women who are surprised that many of my, that my two best friends are both women. Like, how are you friends with women? I'm like, uh, you hang out a lot and you make fart jokes? I don't know what to tell you. Like, last I checked, we both had human hearts and we both breathed and we both got lonely sometimes, but didn't necessarily want to fuck whatever was next, whoever was next to us. Oh, and once again, all that stuff is barriers. The... So, I'm going to say something really personal, and Kia, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but um, I'm sorry for, for outing a conversation we had, but my friend Kia was frustrated one time, and she was like talking about love, and she said, and this, and it's useful that Japan has the concept of yaoi and yuri, which is boys love and girls love respectively, which is not necessarily about romantic love, it's about more adoration for for each other that almost feels like you consider each other family members. And it certainly has queer at queer queer undertones and queer overtones in many cases, but it doesn't necessarily have to be that. It is it is like an intense same-sex friendship. Almost like a sisterly or a brotherly bond. But that doesn't need to be limited to same-gender relationships. It can be like I've been friends with this guy. I've been friends with this guy or this or with this man or this woman for my entire life, and why wouldn't I continue that now? It can be. It can be a demonstration of love that is not necessarily widely understood by other people because there's a and what Kie said. Is just like, why? You know, I kind of get why people think we're married because that—that's what explains <laughs> the way we treat each other on like an interpersonal level. It, and I'm twisting this a lot because if Kia is listening, hi Kia, she'll know why. Who's to say we don't love each other? Who's to say that we don't? We wouldn't be there for that we won't be there to each other for until the ends of both of our lives in fact the first card i ever got from kie after she went back to japan was this one right here it's on my desk and it it says it has a hilarious picture of me um but it said she wrote in the card this big long note in sharpie and it basically said, like, 
hey, I've, I miss you. I miss you so much. And I'm probably going to text her after that. But, like, I miss you so much. I hope we know each other until we die. <laughs> Which is... Simultaneously the sweetest and creepiest and darkest thing she could have said. And it, like, it makes me well up a little talking about it. But... The thing I always loved about Digimon and the thing that... Pokemon can't get at because of the kind of thing it's doing. And lots of shows can't get at because of the kind of things that they're doing. Although I think Metabots get the closest after Digimon. Is... It sees the value of friendship. It sees the value, not just of friendship, but of relationships with other people. And it, it places a real meaning on them. It, once again, another show that really nails this is... Um, Gurren Lagann. Because the most important relationship in that, if you read it as a story-wise, story would be... Simone's relationship to um, Mia, I think, is the um, girl ends up he ends up falling in love with being his wife, and that's the thing that drives him to be to to being to like saving the universe. He wants to save Mia, but the real, true, deepest. I'm crying because I'm thinking about. Uh, my surrogate older brother who died in 2020 um, not from COVID but from something else is his relationship with Kamina and that relationship echoes throughout the rest of that show from the moment Kamina, spoiler alert, Kamina dies and it, it shapes who Simone becomes as a person, it shapes the world as it progresses into what what the spiral race what um what humanity what comes next for humanity it that communist bravado and communist spirit is with every ounce of all of of Simone by the end of that show and that show ends on the line of who the hell do you think I am? It ends It ends on the same line it began on it, but it ends with the little brother truly saying and understanding the words that his older brother said at the, be at the beginning of the show. That kind of understanding of relation of relationships not even friendships not even you know familial relationships of all relationships is important and i think i know that digimon understands that and what digimon is willing to do with a property that other shows once again they don't need to because that's not their primary goal aren't about doing it it's about Celebrating those relationships, but also showing the 
work that goes into like having a relationship with another person of that go into reaching out to another person and and also that not needing to be a tragic thing like that making it very clear that like you fucking chuckle fucks if you all just use your words if you all just said the thing this wouldn't be perfect but it would be better than it is you'd all be a little happier you wouldn't like it wouldn't be this big of a fucked up scenario that needs to get fixed in order for you to save the world again um and on that note in this un in this very surprisingly emotional episode for me um if you like this podcast new episodes of the podcast come out every Thursday and every other Sunday Thursday is more like this it's I talk about stuff like cyberpunk edge runners like Digimon like I talked about Eurocamp the Thursday before um but it's that say it's about a property it's about a it's a, it's about a property of some kind anime manga movie whatever um Sunday is more metatextual it's about the industry uh, you know the medium art animation the f anime fandom stuff like that if you want a good example of that I encourage you to go listen to last Sunday the last Sunday edition that happened the next one will be in two Sundays from now for real this time last Sunday edition was all about why anime and art get made um so definitely go check that out it's the previous podcast in the feed and if you have not heard if you are one of the like five people who have not heard the edge runners episode the cyberpunk edge runners episode definitely go check that out i highly recommend watching those 10 episodes before you check that out because i Take no hostages with spoilers on that one. On that note, I've been Alex, and this has been Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you next Thursday.